Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and this is Powered Up Talk Radio and we've got an outstanding show for you today. We're going to be visiting today with Dr. Amit Goswami. He has written one of my favorite books. His book Quantum Economics got me through almost a whole year of divorce court. I sat in the lobby reading this book, Linda, and it was fascinating. It kept my mind off things. I could focus. It was really a very interesting book and I'm so excited to get to meet him and talk about his new book today um, how quantum science explains love death and the meaning of life it's the everything answer book talk about putting a lot on somebody's plate to answer those are big questions oh those are the biggest questions in the universe and and I can't wait to hear the answers too and it's really funny because I absolutely know nothing about quantum physics the closest I ever get is big bang theory so um, I've got a lot to learn, um, but, I, but I'm open and I want to hear it. And, and it will be interesting to hear how science meets spirituality because that's a very controversial topic, right? It is a very controversial topic. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned the Big Bang Theory because my kids were like, you're going to have Dr. Goswami on? He's a professor of theoretical physics. And that's like Dr. Sheldon Cooper. I think that's what most of us think of. <laughs> You know, when we, we hear this, but it's it's a part of science, it's a part of thought leaders that we want to bring to the airwaves today because they really give a different perspective, a different, um, you know, the observer effect that is, is prevalent in his first book, I hope is found in his second book. Now, his book doesn't come out, the next one doesn't come out until April, so if you're listening to this uh Prior to April 2017, you're going to have to wait like the rest of us. I'm waiting with bated breath for this book. Um, but without further ado, I'd like to bring on Dr. Goswami and welcome him to the show. Dr. Goswami, I'm a big fan. It's so wonderful to meet you. It is so wonderful to meet you, too. Glad to be here. Now, can you answer uh, for our audience, what is quantum? Quantum physics, quantum economics, quantum, what does that word mean? We hear it a lot on TV and in the media, but you're a, you're a retired professor, but can you help us define what that means for the average person? Well, in the context that I'm using, the word quantum means that discontinuously different something, something which is truly creative, that should be called quantum. But, of course, you know, people just use it for anything that has the appearance of being new, I hope. Even that is sometimes not true. 
So the work today has become very much um, uh, cheapened. Uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, we do that because of, you know, variety of things, uh, not excluding the current worldview, which is culprit for a lot of our habits, the scientific materialist view, everything is matter, therefore there is no meaning, inherent meaning to anything, and therefore anything can be used for describing anything. As you can see, the political climate in America, is, that's what what people are doing. So um, in this climate, uh, the quantum worldview comes as a refresher because it says that, no, there is something called absolute truth and uh, words of meaning uh, that we give, certainly, but uh, we should also aim to uh, tell truth with words. And if you want truth, then I can tell you a little bit about the word quantum, which is correct. The word originally was used for denoting a discrete quantity. But soon that, that gave rise to paradoxes. So then we understood what the real meaning is, is that a quantum object is both wave and particle. It's a surprise, but that's the way things are, and it has to be understood in the following way. Objects are waves of potentiality, waves of possibility, and they become real things that we experience only when an observer observes. This is the observer effect that you mentioned in the preamble. Now, but you write, you use quantum physics to talk about thoughts and feelings and intuitions and dreams. You talk about karma and death and reincarnation the meaning of dreams, these are all nebulous concepts. These aren't things that, that quantum physics, you would think that they could explain. Well, this is the thing. Quantum physics says that everything that we experience come from nebulous objects called waves of potentiality. You see how this changes the way we look at the world. We think that a uh, chair, a table, a building, these are concrete objects. Quantum physics says, no, these are just potentialities until an observer observes. Everything is just nebulous potentiality. We, our observation gives actuality and whatever that actuality represents. For a solid material object, it represents solidity. For thought, it represents something more subtle. But that does not mean that a thought is more nebulous than a material solid object. This is the worldview that we have to somehow understand, make sense, and live by. Because there is no choice. This is the way the world is. Dr. Goswami, this is Linda Franklin. And um, on this show, you know, we talk a lot with uh, people that are, you know, going down the spiritual path and uh, and we're, you know, we, we believe that, like, everything in the universe is energy. And it, does, does energy play into all of, all of the things that you're talking about in quantum uh, physics? Energy is in the right direction because when we say energy, what we mean is not as solid as solid matter. Matter we think as solid, rigid, and all that stuff, although not all matter is that way. There is also gaseous matter, but we think that way, that matter is solid. Um, energy, we don't think it as solid. Of course, uh, in physics, we know that energy and matter are the same thing, one and the same thing. There is no 
distinguishing marks between them, but that's beside the point. So the point that you are making by saying energy is that the universe is not as solid as it seems initially. It's, it's less solid. So now quantum physics is saying that it is really quite nebulous because the universe itself is nothing but potentiality before it is observed. Like the Big Bang that you were proposing, which you did mention, which is uh, accepted theory more or less of science today, how the universe began, the Big Bang did not really happen 15 or 14, 13.7 to be exact, billion years ago. It happened, quote unquote, it collapsed using the quantum jargon when the first living cell appeared somewhere in the universe. It may not be on Earth. On Earth, it appeared about 3.8 billion years ago. Dr. Goswami, I'm sorry I need to interrupt you and take us to commercial break. This is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. This is Powered Up Talk Radio. When we come back, we'll talk war with Dr. Goswami and his new book coming up. We'll be back after the break. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live, the show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelov live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Get a kick out of the warning labels companies attach to prevent lawsuits from the hooky crooky of this world. A warning label on a dishwasher cautioned not to put any person in the unit. Speaking of dishwashers, one product warning on a television remote control read, not dishwasher safe. That's too bad because we know how dirty the remote control gets. In fact, we press the buttons even harder when we know the battery is dead. What are we, part of the ridiculati? A warning on a baby stroller read, remove child before folding. Here's one for the blunderbusses and poppin' jays among us. A label on a letter opener read, safety goggles recommended. Call me snarky, but any society that needs this many disclaimers has too many lawyers, pedophagers, and snollygosters. It's marching down. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. 
ladies. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we've got a real treat with Dr. Amit Goswami. Now, he wrote this book, Quantum Economics, and it is an amazing book, and we're learning. I know, Linda, both you and I are learning. And Dr. Goswami, I had to tell you, when I was reading this book in court, and it helped keep my anxiety down, I could read two or three pages of your book, then I needed to stop and think, and two or three pages, but it was worth every page. I got such a greater understanding of quantum economics, and I'm very excited to hear about how you relate quantum to to life, to death, to dreams, to intuitions. Uh, but before we do, Linda, you had some questions for clarification. I think our audience is going to go along with that. Can you go ahead and ask Dr. Goswami your questions so we can learn along with you? Sure. Um, I just was getting confused because we're taught, you know, quantum physics is like solid matter, and then um, the, the energy that, that the word that I use is energy is what we exude as human beings, and 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 plants exude, and and trees exude, and um, so we're all kind of in the same container, but we have solid matter inside of us as the tree does, but we also have this energy that comes that comes out of us as well. So I, I, I just get confused on, you know, which is which and how they intermingle yeah. and live peaceably together. Yes, it is very confusing. So the idea is that when the part of us is solid matter, as you said, that's the part we call physical body. And then we also exude energy. That exuding energy part we call vital body, the energy that we feel. We feel alive with vitality. That vitality is vital energy, energy that comes with life. It's not physical energy. The confusion comes from our excessive use of scientific materialism where it does not apply. Scientific materialism, this idea that matter is everything, has confused us. We all feel this vitality. There's no question. You are completely right, except that that energy is not physical. If you take a physical instrument, uh, you cannot measure it. You can measure it, however, with yourself. We, we can, you can feel the energy. So people like Qigong masters, they can affect the plants uh, growing right, and they can heal you because um, your vitality is what is blocked oftentimes when you are sick, and uh, that can be felt by a human being. Um, that can also be felt by plants, but uh, non-living instruments uh, cannot detect vital energy, although... Indirectly, they can. Electrical uh, measurement is actually possible. We now have Carlian photography, which does measure vital energy. So we are making, making improvements day by day, so things look brighter. But still, you need the quantum worldview to understand why vital energy is non-material and still very real. Materialists, of course, deny existence of vital energy because in their philosophy, nothing but matter ever exists. Well, you mentioned the Krillian photography. That's the photography, right, where they take a picture of a rose and measure its energy and you see energy fields around it. Is that correct? You got it. That's it. That's it. Once you see a Krillian photography, it, you, you start believing, okay, there is something to the fact that we have non-physical energy called vital energy associated with us, and that's what we exude. When we say, I'm feeling great, we mean that we have great amount of vital energy, vitality. 
You know, in your new book that won't come out until April, as Sandra said, the Everything Answer book, I love that Everything Answer because I have so many questions, but you say that it's not only the future of science, but it's also key to understanding consciousness, life, death, God, psychology, and the meaning of life. If you can answer all of those questions in one book, I mean, this is, this is, a, this is a very exciting read. Let's just... You know, let's go to let's just go to a couple of them and tell me how quantum physics can make it clearer um, how we would understand consciousness and life and and the afterlife because um, you know those are those are questions that we all have. I know, and you're uh, answering them. <laughs> absolutely. Which one would you like to address? Which first? one do I, I want first? I want to start with God. How does quantum physics define God? Okay, that's a great one. So quantum physics, um, let me go back a little and start with where we began. Remember the potentiality? So quantum physics says that there, is, there are two domains of reality. It's not just based on time where we live, but there is also a domain of potentiality where our real stuff, the possibility that we are, that lives in that domain of potentiality. You know, these then Kovan, uh, what is your name before you were born? In quantum physics, we say before we are born, we are all potentiality. So this domain of potentiality has a very specific characteristic, which surprised all of us, all of us, scientists and non-scientists alike, because in this domain, uh, no signal is needed for communication. What does that mean? Everything is connected to everything else instantly. That's what it means. Does not require signals. Signals take time to communicate. No signal means no time to communicate. Everything communicates with everything else instantly. But if you think about it, what does that mean? It means that everything is one in that domain. The whole thing is just oneness. And that's how God is defined in quantum physics. God is the oneness behind our diversity. Our consciousness is one. We are all interconnected, one being, and that being is God. Well, you know, we we talk about oneness a lot on this show, and we understand that. And I know oneness is God, but we believe that we're oneness too, and we have a little piece of God inside of each one of us. Great. Yeah, I believe that too. You believe that, too. Good. <laughs> Absolutely. The quantum physics says that it is so. Yes, and so that means that each one of us has that power of God inside of us. All we have to do is tap into it. Right, and that accessing is the key. And we access yes. it through, first of, our, first of all, our intuitions, and second of all, using the creative process. So, so really, that's why it's quite simple. I mean, you said... How could I write all these things in some very few pages? Because it is fundamentally simple. When we don't have the right theory, everything is complex. This is why everything we do with scientific materialism is so complex. But as soon as we put quantum worldview into it, things become simple again because truth is always simple. So in quantum, and you just said that it's all in us. We just have to learn how to access it. How, how, is, there, is there a roadmap to access it? Absolutely. That is called the creative process. So creative process starts with this experience that we have, a little rarefied agreed. Not everybody is familiar with intuitions, but you can get familiar because everybody gets them. We get this gut feeling occasionally about something mm-hmm. that is 
quite vague in thought, but we also have this gut feeling or feeling in the heart that, no, this has truth value. If we follow them up using the creative process, which I now know how that works, this is a gift of quantum physics, and then um, it becomes simple again because uh, it, agreed, it does require perseverance because it consists of four stages, a lot of doing, preparation, then a lot of sitting down. We call it unconscious processing because the domain of potentiality is unconscious in us. If we are conscious, of course, then it would be easy to pick possibilities, but possibilities are not conscious in us. They are unconscious. This is why we sort of have to let go. And when we let go, our consciousness processes these possibilities. So that's the main uh, trick to learn because, um, you know, uh, we are so familiar with working, 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 especially in countries like America. We just have become working bees. We have forgotten how to be bees. That being is important. And then uh, what I discovered is that it really requires alternative doing and being, something like that Frank Sinatra jingle, dooby dooby doo. And after that comes the creative insight, and then it is, uh, again, hard work. You manifest the insight into a product. That's the creative process. I'm loving you because you're, you're, you're taking science and putting it into spirituality because sometimes the, the people, they think spirituality is woo-woo and, it, you know, it's not real. And here you are, this brilliant man, saying exactly the same thing. So I'm like, I'm, I'm over the moon with, with happiness because, because of that. Cause it, it, so th- that means if we have all of this inside of us and when we die, there's a part of us that, that, that doesn't. And, you know, I believe in the afterlife, so not everybody does. But I, I you know, how do you, how, you, I don't believe you can squelch that energy. Um, if a tree can, can die in the winter and come back in the, you know, every spring, why can't human beings, right? Wrong. <laughs> no, that, that's correct. That is basically correct. I mean, of course, here it is the hibernation, a process where life does not completely disappear. But in the process that we have, yes, uh, life completely disappears in the sense of manifest life. But the unmanifest part of it, uh, there are certain memories that we retain. It it turns out this will interest you very much because, you know, today we have become so material-oriented, pleasure-pain-oriented. We don't see how important it is, like in the olden days they knew that, important it is to develop a character. You know what I mean by character? We don't use that kind of thing anymore. But if somebody has a loose character, it's an insult. Why? Because loose character means that there is no fixity in the character, something like Donald Trump. They think that, you know, <laughs> even Meryl Streep, who does not usually complain, I haven't heard her complain about anybody before, but she complained last night. So, you know, this is right. a serious thing. Um, it's a very serious thing. Loose character is not good. We know that inherently. Only today it has become good. Today it doesn't matter anymore to people. But it is the character which survives our death. Quantum physics is very clear on that. The character is part of non-local memory. This uh, non-locality is the concept that I was talking about when I said that in this domain of potentiality, things can communicate instantly. That instant communication is called non-local communication. So this memory of the character traits that we generate, like our capacity to love someone, that's a character trait. Some people can love, some people can never love. 
because they're so tied up to their negative emotions that they just cannot think positively, feel positively, feel the energy that elevates you. So they're always into that. Doctor, we just have to, we just, we're going to go to break, so we're going to continue this right after the break because, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated and so will our, our listeners be. So we'll be back in a minute. Okay. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. To lose weight, we know that each day we need to burn more calories than we take in through eating and exercise burns more calories. According to Discovery Health, a 150-pound person will burn about 60 calories while taking a one-hour nap. One hour of sitting and watching television burns about the same. But if that 150-pound person takes a one-hour brisk walk, then say goodbye to more than 250 calories. Cardio exercise like running, biking, swimming, and brisk walking are the best modes of exercise to burn the highest amount of calories and will get the endorphins flowing in your body. Those feel-good neurotransmitters boost your mood naturally. So use exercise to burn calories, lose weight, and to feel good. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. It's marching down the Recently, while my family was skiing in Colorado, we were greeted by a red fox that darted out of the trees. This beautiful animal with his big bushy tail just stood in the snow and stared right at us. Maybe he smelled all the loverwort we had in our pockets. Loverwort is another word for junk and snack food. Typically, a red fox eats scrub and woodland, but this one appeared to have had his share of hamburgers and hot dogs from the chalet grill. Foxes are similar to dogs, except they are not pack animals. The female fox, or vixen, typically gives birth to a litter of 2 to 12 pups. When they are young, they all live together as a family, known as a leash of foxes. Once grown, the young foxes leave the burrow and go out to live on their own. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio, and we're visiting today with Dr. Amit Goswami. He's a retired professor of theoretical physics, and before you think Sheldon Cooper, he's so much smarter than Sheldon Cooper because he's the real thing. Now, we were talking about energy and power and oneness and quantum physics Um, Dr. Goswami, one of the things I remember from my physics, and by the way, when I took physics at Northwestern, the professor told us if he gave the physics exam to a bunch of cows in Wisconsin, they would have done better than we did. So you'll just have to bear with me. uh, (laughs) That's pretty funny. (laughs) We've got physics that where matter is neither created nor recreated. So when we talk about like God energy or this oneness, this... this, um, 
You know, we talk about death and we talk about the soul. Where does the soul fit into the quantum physics model? Is it just a label for an additional energy or how does that fit into that equation? Well, um, soul is, of course, a concept about uh, which everybody is confused because it has two major meanings. Soul is oftentimes depicted as something that survives our physical death. That's the, I think, most commonly understood meaning of soul. But we also say things like soul satisfying, or we say that we search for our soul. What we mean then is the soul that appear in the, in the four concepts, body, mind, soul, spirit. In other words, we think of soul as something higher than the mind. So there are these two major connotations, and quantum physics actually enables us to combine the two quite beautifully. I was talking about character before we took the break. Uh, character is the bunch of things that we learn during our life that makes our character. For example, I may be able to love someone, and somebody else may be so much into their brain that just cannot love. Uh, these are character traits. Um, somebody has their heart open. Uh, this is a character trait. Somebody is a healer. That's a character trait. Somebody is a singer. That's a character trait. This, it is this character which actually acts as what we commonly understand as surviving soul. It's the character that survives from one incarnation and then become available for the next incarnation. It's not taken for granted that somebody will actualize it in their next life. But it is available. Uh, how does it become actualized? When we start using it. As soon as we start using it, we find, oh, I already know this. I'm sure that you have all, all of you have that feeling sometimes. In some things, you just catch up so quickly. Why? Because you already learned it in your past life. This is why. Um, so in this way. And then the soul in the other connotation, that is also very important because that's a higher mind so when we make these uh, representations of intuition, what we intuit, like love, beauty, justice, truth itself, uh, abundance, these quantities, if you think about them, you will find that it's quite not very clear what they are. Plato called them archetypes. They're archetypes for our thinking and for our feeling. But we cannot directly know what they really are, like love. You know that song, I do not really know love at all. Um, I don't know if you have heard it. It's called Both Sides Now. Joni Mitchell yes. has wrote it. Um, beautiful song, and the message is essentially correct. Uh, you know, I have looked at love for, what, I'm 80 now? <laughs> so for, for what, 66, 70 years? And still, I cannot say that I really know love. I know love quite a bit, so in that way. Now, these are quantities, when we learn about them, then we build a soul. That, that counts as our soul, what we call soul. So when we learn some of these soul things, like loving, then we find ourselves satisfied. This is why we use the word, dissatisfied by soul. Um, so now, is it, is it better? You understand what soul means in science? I do. I do. I find it very interesting when we talk about some of these things. Um, when we when we give anthropomorphic, like you know, we give a, a, a 
like human characteristics to some of these concepts of oneness. Why do we do that? Do we do that because we have a hard time understanding these concepts? I mean, what you said in the beginning with the truth is very simple. And when the when you have the truth, it, like everything makes sense. So why do we feel the need to make things so complicated? Well, because we don't understand them, because we don't we have forgotten how to access them anymore. We have to access them creatively. We have to access them beginning with intuition. But because materialist science denigrates intuition and deny that we have something called creativity, that's what the problem is. And for the last um, decades, you know, two or three decades, the millennial generation, they really have been shortchanged in terms of all these concepts very, very much. They, are, they have been taught that information is everything, but information is just the beginning. Then comes meaning, and then comes new meaning. With new meaning, we can approach intuition, we can approach the archetype. So things that satisfy our soul, these archetypal things, love, beauty, this kind of thing, is um, a little bit subtle, and that subtlety has to be appreciated. We have to learn how to feel these feelings uh, as well as think these feelings. The thinking is where things become very complicated. If you don't feel love, you write uh, hundreds of words, thousands of words, millions of words, and love still don't make sense. But if you feel love, then you know what it is much better. Uh, so, you know, my advice is that try to open your heart. Give up on the brain a little. Big deep, give the brain a break. It needs a break anyway. And, and, and live in your heart. See how it feels. Um, now that way, we get answers to these archetypes much, much better. I think the technical problems are continuing. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with them, but um, as long as you can hear me, we'll keep going. Um, it's really funny because we always talk about our sole purpose. You know, a lot of people say, why am I on this planet anyway now? What am I supposed to do? And a lot of people can spend their whole life trying to figure that out. And yet, you know, you see on TV all the time these little children that are two and three years old that can play the piano or the violin and, 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 or jazz or whatever they're doing, and it, it's just who they are and, and what they brought back, they don't have to search because they, they got it right up front. So it looks like we're all on different, you know, different parts of the path. Some of us are more advanced when we come back, and some of us are, are just starting out on the journey. Mm-hmm. You got it. That's exactly the way quantum physics tells us. Really? So, Maybe. <laughs> absolutely, because otherwise, otherwise it would be impossible to learn these archetypes. They're time-consuming, no question. You know, it, it, it takes time to learn something like truth, um, let alone love. Uh, love is even harder. Because uh, truth at least has something that we can readily relate to, you know, you know facts um, that we call things that we call facts. We don't differ too much uh, evaluating fact, I mean, unless you live in the very modern era where, you know, fact-free stuff has become common, especially on the Internet. But... You know, if two people communicate and they see something, they can communicate about what they saw. Uh, people will not deceive each other about seeing a unicorn when they're looking at a horse. So, right. um, you know, in that way. 
Um, but love, something like love, you have nothing to see. I mean, you cannot even give an example. Um, maybe if you are open enough, maybe you can say that, well, when you are 16, the first romance that you had, didn't you feel something in your heart? like that and maybe people even materialists could say that yeah 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 that is true i did feel something in, in the heart but of course how can it be hard and so forth but at least that's the beginning that you yeah, there is yes. some feeling and then yeah. you go from there <laughs> you know i just don't know how people can be so skeptical and and they doubt so much when they see uh you know a, a little two-year-old that can play you know a beethoven concerto I mean, where did where did they think that came from? You know? Exactly. If, well, people just deny themselves because you know worldview kills you. If you have a worldview which says that no, these things cannot happen, you don't believe that they happen. You know, it, it's it's very simple. I mean, scientific materialists get puzzled why you know Donald Trump and others don't agree with global warming, but it's really quite simple. Their worldview does not permit global warming. Just as the scientist's worldview does not permit that a two-year-old can play piano because they reincarnated and they brought the expertise with them. It just does not compute with them. <laughs> yeah, well, that, right. And, the, and these people are a lot of the people that, that voted for our next president. And it, it's, kind of, it's kind of scary. But, you know, we'll all get through it that on January 20th he's going to be running this country, country although he believes he's running it already. Um, but so many people that he made promises to um, are going to be really disappointed when, you know, there's no follow-through. I mean, when we come back, I think we need to talk about what what kind of advice can we give people that are, you know, that, that are going to be going to all of us that are going to be going through this upheaval and this craziness that that he's creating because um you, you know you, you either have to deal with it or i i think that you know you you might perish trying so yes yes i would love to because quantum worldview has something very definite to say how we should be doing economics and politics these are the very relevant questions to people's lives of course Good. you know so is love so is love um, and, and, and we should deal with that because quantum worldview has something very definite and encouraging to, to, to tell, tell us about this. When we come back from the break, we're definitely going to tackle that, um, that topic. And also, we, I have your book, Quantum Economics, uh, sitting in front of me. And since I'm an old Wall Street veteran, I'd love to get into that too because, um, I sort of didn't compute, you know, economics and 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 quantum. So we can get into that topic too when we come back. But uh, I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am, and, and I know the listeners are because you know this 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 makes a lot of sense, and it really really helps people put things in the proper perspective. Wonderful, glad. Yeah. Yes, I am enjoying it too. Good, excellent. Well, we're going to be back um, in just a, in a few right after the break. But um, if you want to hear more of the Powered Up shows, you can go to uh, TogiNet and, and just uh, go to Powered Up, and you can hear all of our episodes because they're all quite terrific, and you, you'll learn so much and things that will really help you get through life. That's what our goal is, especially now in this life of change. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages.
In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. official 4th of July party was held at the White House in 1801. But did you know that countries other than the U.S. celebrate American Independence Day or July 4th? Denmark, Italy, Portugal, and England all have 4th of July parties. In fact, the British celebrate their independence with bungers and fizz gigs, otherwise known as firecrackers, just like in America. Squib is slang for an electric match used in pyrotechnics. Our dog celebrates July 4th every year the same way, by cowering under the bed. Many European celebrations take place, of course, at American military bases. I'd like to send a special thanks to all our armed forces stationed around the world for everything you do to provide freedom and independence to America. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we are visiting with uh, Dr. Goswami, the author of Quantum Economics, and he's got another book coming out in April of 2017. So if you're listening to this before, too bad for you. If you're listening after April 17th, go out and grab yourself a book. Um, Linda, I'm going to go over to you before I ask my question to Dr. Goswami about luck and where does luck fit into quantum physics. Uh, But go ahead, Linda, ask your question. No, before the break, um, we were talking about, you know, starting January 20th, we're, we're all going to be living under the Trump regime. And um, some people are looking forward to it, and some people are dreading it. Uh, the craziness is every day uh, with the tweets and all of the shenanigans that's going on. So Dr. Uh, Goswami said he has some advice for how for, for, for people on how to get through this and not let it damage uh, damage them. I mean, you know, because Trump can damage. So, I, you know, what what advice do you have for us so that we we can we you know like a protective shield against the Trump years? Well, the most protection that comes is not to make this into a us versus them. Remember, in quantum worldview, we are all one. So, the first thing, very hard, agreed, but make it a meditation. Trump is not our enemy. It's also us. So what we have to ask is that what is in the movement of consciousness that is producing this huge error 
that's what computer would say, error, error. Computer just start shouting if that's what we were seeing. Um, but the errors happen because the movement has been towards this producing this particular error at this particular time. Trump just is a personification of that error. The error was scientific materialism. Sometimes this happens. In the movement of consciousness, we make a huge error that produces a wrong worldview, faulty worldview. And when you start following it, we are, of course, following illusion. So that following illusion, we started demeaning the meaning of the word truth. So we started doing it by denying things like scientific data about paranormal phenomena, about reincarnation, about so many other things that you hear about, about love itself. We are equating them with simple material things. All illusory play, but seems harmless initially. But, of course, uh, some harm has come. You know, Internet's main occupation, you know, is not serious talks like ours or my website or yours. It's pornography. That's what Internet is mostly about. Um, so, you know, how did that happen? Because scientific materialism equates love with sex. Sex is the only real thing, they say. So in this way, why should we be so surprised that Trump is absolute uh, con artist or so full of illusion? Because you have been selling illusion, not reality, for now almost 50, 60 years. And there is a payoff. The payoff is Trump. And payoff may be worse than Trump. Just, just wait and see. So we have to own that mistake that we have made. We have to agree, Democrats and Republicans alike, and especially those of you who are able to hear me. Uh, not everybody can even hear these words and understand them. Mm -hmm. So quantum worldview makes it very clear why uh, this is an error, scientific materialism, and how to correct it. Quantum worldview is the correction. When we recognize that we are all based on oneness, when we recognize that love is not just sex, it's transcend sex. Yes, sex is a good beginning, but love is something much greater. When you recognize that happiness is not pleasure, happiness goes beyond pleasure. Pleasure is a good beginning, but happiness comes with exploring meaning and purpose and archetypes and wholeness and all this. Um, that's the way to a better world. Quantum physics is showing us that. When we frame our economics in the quantum way, frame our politics in the quantum way, we can do even better. And we'll see that. We'll see that very soon because uh, Trump is uh, producing an urgent, uh, you know, uh, siren song sort of, uh, not, in the, uh, not in the way that we would like to hear, but Trump supporters saw it as a siren song, right? They got absolutely hypnotized by it. And um, this is not necessarily bad. It's a reminder to all of us that you cannot follow illusion for too long. Then illusion takes over. So uh, if you are comprehending this, then ask yourself, how can, how can we be free of illusions? Well, problems are very easy, no? Problems like global warming, problems of terrorism, and these are things which are part of that illusion, too. And so the first thing is to change the worldview that you follow. Second thing is to begin uh, clarity about the oneness connections. And then third thing is to appreciate that, yes, I have access. You know, Linda said in the beginning, uh, she knows this already. Uh, Sandra said in the beginning, she also knows this oneness. So learn about this oneness, how to, how to access it. Learn about creativity and intuition. That everyone can do. And when you start doing it, the illusion falls away. It just does.
My experience is exactly that, and so will be yours. So Trump is a four-year lasting nightmare. So be it. One thing mm-hmm. I will suggest very strongly, pray every day. It does not push the nuclear button. That's the only thing that scares me a little. Other than that, you know, I have nightmares before. I will have nightmares again. So will you. <laughs> we'll handle it. Yeah, yes, I believe we will handle it for sure. Well, we will handle it. You know, I love what you said about selling illusion. Um, I want to know where luck fits in. Is there luck in chance? You know, yes, is that like a randomizing factor in quantum uh, physics? Or does luck and chance, is it like streamlined, like the realist perspective where we take, you know, certain variables out to, to, to streamline things? Where does luck and chance fit in? Well, luck and chance are sort of cases of weak synchronicity. You know the concept of synchronicity that Carl Jung, the great psychologist, introduced, meaningful coincidences. Even when you uh, have the tendency of saying something is happening due to chance, if you look carefully, you'll find that the very fact that you noticed it means that there is meaning for you in there. So it is really not luck or chance. It's really a meaningful coincidence, except that the coincidence is much harder to see. It's one of those coincidences where something is also statistically kind of uh, uh, hard to predict because its statistical chance is very small, you know, and those are the situations where we say, oh, this must be chance, like winning a lottery. It, it's very hard to say that it's a meaningful coincidence. It, it, it's more, more appropriate to say it must be luck because, you know, chance is so little. The statistical probability is just so little. But you know, this is where um, your attitude towards it becomes important. If you believe it's in chronicity, it will act meaningfully with your money that you won in the lottery. If you believe that it is chance, you will just uh, gamble it away or throw it away or do something frivolous with it, you know, that way. So I think that the better gamble for quantum activists, quantum aficionados, if you understand the quantum worldview, is to just uh, try to see the meaning in everything, even chance coincidences. I'm not ruling out that there is such a thing as chance, but I'm saying that even in the case where we invoke the concept of luck or chance, there are meanings that we see, we can see. And if we see that, will then take the effect and use the effect, use the happening in a meaningful way. Otherwise, we'll just throw it away, throw out that opportunity for transforming, for changing our life. Doctor, does oneness um, and, and quantum economics play into all of this too? I mean, I worked on Wall Street, and and it, you know, it's just so black and white about it's about the almighty dollar, and that and that was it. Um, are we? I mean, even in you know the stock market and everything. I it, can you can you apply the, the the quantum economics to that? Well, this is this is the thing: the stock market and the way that the financial markets are played, the whole financial economics part. This is where really, you know, I, now I see why you asked the question about chance and luck, because this is where it is very hard to see how meaning can enter. 
And uh, the uh, capitalism, the ideas of Adam Smith and the ideas of quantum economics, that all apply to production consumption part of the economy, not the financial part of the economy. This is the gambling part of the economy. So here is where you have to take person by person and see how, in a personal case, financial part of the economy still may have a personal role in terms of meaning and synchronicity. But other than that, as far as the society is concerned, this is a dangerous place where only gambling is taking place. And so in quantum economics, we we would like, like to eliminate financial banking, financial sector of the economy, and replace it with the subtle sector of the economy. The, the idea that I gave is that the financial sector resulted because people have too much money, like Trump is going to give a huge tax break, and just expect it. You know, we cannot do very much about it. Democrats won't be able to stop it, I don't think. Um, so the, the, there will be millions and billions, maybe, uh, dollars available to uh, very, very rich, like the 0.2 percent of the richest people. So uh, that being the case, um, they will have this money. But of course, they won't, uh, they won't uh, really, really uh, apply it to the production consumption economy because they won't feel secure. So what, will they, what will, will they do about this money? They will put it in the financial sector of the economy. Mm -hmm. They will gamble with it. So, um, you know, um, this is part of life. It will be for a while until we eliminate this part, and that will take huge amount of political will. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Quantum economics gives another answer. It says that, well, look, why is this happening? Because people uh, cannot find too much leeway in investments in the in the production consumption economy because materialist goods are so limited. If we start selling subtle goods, you know, we talked about love a lot. Suppose somebody is so loving that I have much guaranteed love that I can bestow on you. Then wouldn't you come to me to get some love, buy some love, and maybe I can um, live my life with just making enough living selling love? But I will tell you, I love your book. I love talking to you. Yes, I would come and pay you for some love. I yeah, want to thank you for being our guest today. You've been a blast. I've learned so much. Linda and I had a great time with you. Check out his book, Quantum Economics, Amit Goswami. That's A-M-I-T-G-O-S-W-A-M-I. -I. Another book coming out. Go ahead and find him on Amazon. You will be glad you did. Thanks, Dr. Goswami. Thank, Thank you so you. much, both of you. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and prominent